This is Father Patrick Briscoe. And this is Father Bonaventure Chapman. Welcome to Godsplaining. If you like these episodes, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can check out the link to our Patreon account on our website, godsplaining.org, or in the show notes. Be sure to like and subscribe to Godsplaining wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, Father Bonaventure, here we are in another Advent season. It is. Is this, well, so we joined the order Math is Hard in 2010. So this would be our 12th, 12th Advent, Advent together. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, yeah. That, isn't that something, our 12th nice. season of expectation? Is there anything that's going to stand out um, a little bit differently for you this Advent? Well, I'm uh, assistant student master, so I'm living back on our third floor where we were as uh, student brothers. So um, just like I suspect in Advent and holidays are more exciting if you're an elementary school teacher because you get to do you know the coloring and stuff again, whereas in daily life they're okay, but... I expect in the student brother kind of experience, there's a similar, uh, there'll be more festivity or something. Certainly there'll be, uh, we won't give away, St. Nicholas Day, I'm sure will be, will be more exciting or something. So I'm sure there'll be little knickknacks and little uh, experiences for Advent brothers and that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to to that part. It just comes so quickly. It seems like this year has gone, mm. this fall has been gorgeous here, but it seems like it's, I can't believe it's, you know, Thanksgiving is here and Advent is already upon us. It's, it's, it moves quickly. Yeah. Um, the so Advent is not technically a penitential season, right? It's not designated as such in the Code of Canon Law. It's a season properly of expectation. Are the student brothers going to take on any Advent penances, though? They do some little bit of of discipline, you could say, not in the sense of the corporal discipline, but uh, a little more silence. Line them up in the hall. Yeah, a little more, a little more silence, uh, a little more prayer time. Uh, some attentiveness to to screen time and this sort of thing. So just hmm. drawing back, trying to create a space to to get ready uh, for the Lord in that expectation sense. And as you say, Lent is more penitential. It seems like to me the Advent has you're drawing back for the purpose of, kind of expectation, this sort of thing. So I'm sure I'm sure it's been mentioned before in the show, but we have that beautiful lectern, that beautiful pulpit, which is at the center of our chapel. Mm-hmm which features uh, the Blessed Mother, and she's actually depicted there pregnant, yeah. um, which, which might surprise listeners who are familiar with the image. If you don't, if you don't know the image, just Google Dominican House of Studies Chapel, mm-hmm. and, you, and you'll see this, this brass lectern. It's, it's a marvelous piece. But I, I, think of, I think of her a very great deal during Advent. I think she's the most Advent image that we have in our chapel. That's um, probably so, right. so I notice her in a different way. Spent a lot of time meditating on her and on that particular image in Advent. So that's that's one thing I notice in my own my own prayer. Uh, well, we do have a couple big announcements, which is pretty great. And so as we as we begin this episode, the first big announcement is that we are asking all of our listeners uh, to consider donating to our ret- our retreat program. So listeners, if you're able to support God's planning in this way, please consider over the next nine days making a donation to offset the increased costs of our retreats. So you're hearing a lot about inflation and unstable economy. Okay, so that affects ministries too. And our retreat program has been one of, it's been one of the more successful and enjoyable things I think we've managed to pull off in God's planning. Um, so if you're able this Advent season, consider making a tithe, making a donation, making a gift to our retreat project to help offset the costs, the expenses that we carry for that retreat program in particular. So it's very dynamic. It's very apostolic. A lot of young people come from all over the country to these retreats, and that's a real gift to them, to young people who are, who are searching, who are, who are trying to live out their Catholic faith in a community. 
The second big announcement is that this year we're going to be at SEEK in person. So the Great Organization Fellowship of Catholic University Students is hosting their, their annual gathering. Well, uh, their, their big rally for free <laughs> students. Yeah, I don't think I to figure out exactly, exactly how to describe SEEK. Yes. You know, I'm sort of sputtering. Uh, anyway, the point is it's awesome. And we've been included in SEEK in the last couple of years as one of the featured podcasts. But this year we'll be there in person recording a live episode. So look for the show there. Look for the Friars of God's Planning at SEEK in St. Louis. We're really excited about it. It's going to be awesome. And last, our third big announcement is that you can follow along this Advent season with a daily reflection from uh, yours truly, from uh, me, Father Patrick Briscoe, uh, by signing up at mydailyvisitor.com. This is a project in conjunction with our Sunday visitor. Mydailyvisitor.com will deliver a daily Advent reflection in your inbox. You can watch that quick video reflect on the meditations that I propose and pray along with that. So I'd recommend that program if you're thinking, okay, I want to do something this Advent, but but I need something that, that's accessible, that's manageable, something that I can really achieve in it and accomplish um, some growth in my spiritual life. Check out uh, mydailyvisitor.com. A lot of announcements at the top of this episode. It's, uh, well, it's that, that's a time of season, that time of year, you know. A lot that's of things right. getting there, moving towards Christmas and otherwise. Uh, so there's lots of exciting things going on. And Advent and Lent are these two seasons where you get a little bit of push to spiritual things. You can remind yourself, oh, right. Usually there's, <laughs> this is where Lent, this is where the penance services are. If, you haven't, if you're not a regular confe- you know, confessee, uh, you might find penance services and during Advent, and especially during Lent. So Advent and Lent are the kind of reminders to check in with the, with the supernatural and the spiritual life, you could say. So I'm not surprised there's a little more announcements, but I'm excited about this daily visitor because it'll mean you will pop up in people's mail. I mean, I get to see you every day, but not everyone gets the joys of, of seeing Father Patrick uh, each day, giving a message of, of, of wisdom. And, and I'm better in a three sagacity. minute email soundbite, I assure you. <laughs> you can sort of turn it off. You not can worse, not it. better, just different. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the spiritual yeah, life. That's a good segue for this. Yeah, that's right. I want to get into the topic, the actual topic of today's episode, which is the Liturgy of the Hours. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the core and constitutive parts of our life as Dominican religious, um, which is a core and constitutive part of the life of every monk and nun and friar, is the, the prayer of the liturgy at, of the hours, the prayer of the church. So Father Bonaventure, if you were speaking to someone and they knew nothing about this prayer, they say, liturgy of the hours, and they hear words that they, yes. that they don't understand. What is the liturgy of the hours? Yeah. How do you explain it to them? Well, Sometimes the name of something actually doesn't help that much. Um, but in this case, actually, I think it might, because liturgy, uh, people think of as being like church-ish or, being in, or praying together. Like praying together, I guess, is how if you, it, liturgy is how people would think about it naturally. It doesn't mean that, but it's what it usually associates with, getting together for, for liturgy, divine liturgy, what have you, a liturgy, a sort of ceremony. And then the hours is the different hours. So the praying at specific hours. So actually the Liturgy of the Hours, the name I think, unlike some names, indicates a good sense of what this thing is, which is to the time where religious or Christians or anyone who wants to pray along with the church at specific hours says specific prayers. And this is something we're used to praying along once a week on Sundays at Mass, you could say. And then some people know about the Angelus tradition of praying at different times, so 6 a.m., mid-noon day, there'd be a bell, and you say the Angelus. 
uh, and then and maybe 6 p.m. at night or something. So those kind of things. But the liturgy of the hours are adding a few more hours. So at the mid-morning, morning, uh, midday, mid-afternoon, evening, and then night prayer. And then there's one that you could put early morning or around there. So basically punctuating the day with particular prayers, which I'm sure we'll get into. So, but, but praying at specific hours so that your day is surrounded and is filled in with liturgical prayer. Now, I, so for my job, right, I'm a writer. And what being a writer means is that there are times on the, at the end of the writing where things are due. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we used to think about this uh, 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 in an online publication I was writing for with a certain amount of flexibility. You know, if something was important and we could hold our email newsletter. And uh, But now I write for a print publication. Mm-hmm. And the the deadline in the print publication is a little bit more serious. And it's by a little a bit deadline. more serious, I mean, if we don't get it in on time, it doesn't happen. Uh, and so, <laughs> so what a lot of writers experience or any students who are trying to get assignments together at the end of the semester, or anyone that's wrapping up a year-end project at work, right? What, 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 what we all experience in that moment is the kind of scramble to, to get something in, to, win, to, to finish a task, to, to get it in on time. Uh, and when you accomplish that, there's a tremendous relief that comes. And so it might seem a little bit silly, but I think about the Liturgy of the Hours in the same sense. Because mm-hmm. the Liturgy of the Hours, it's not tied as strict... It's not a, a, a strict deadline, but, the, but the, the times of the prayer do mark the day, and they're supposed to happen at specific intervals mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yeah. And what, what the Liturgy of the Hours does is it wins back time for God. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it claims time, right, according to the cycle of our redemption. And I think of it something like accomplishing that project. Like, okay, this moment, when I pray yeah. the Liturgy of the Hours, I entered in this moment, and I've now stamped it with the cross. Okay, yes. done. You know, and on, on to the next moment. Sort of, pr- sort of, instead of a press release, it's sort of prayer release at different <laughs> times. You've released the appropriate wow, prayers working at on that. Time. You were working on that from right from the beginning when just I started. Just had it. Yeah, nice I just got it. Once you started newspaper <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, I think of it as like slalom, you know, doing uh, slalom gates or something. So, you know, you're oh, going down. Oh, nice. That's you way can, more dynamic. And you I can miss that. one of the, as you go, you know, as you're skiing, if you're doing slalom gates or if you're watching someone, you can, you know, there's certain points where you get closer and not sort of thing, but you can imagine if you're just playing around, you know, if you go down, you can miss one or two and still feel like you actually slalomed. But if you miss a bunch of them in a row, then what were you really, do? are they really there at all? And I think that the, the prayer, the Liturgy of the Hours is a reminder that like this, this life is a kind of slalom, making sure you're checking in with him throughout the day. And so they're, they're at specific points that, again, as you say, takes back that day for God because it just gets in dissipation. It can get away, get away from us uh, so easily. We just get busy with things. So there is this kind there is this sense of, I mean, I know I'm, I'm writing uh, as well, doing lots of things. And, and I know all of a sudden we're moving towards midday or moving towards 530 or moving towards you know, nine o'clock or whatever. I know I'm going to have to stop. You know, whatever, whatever important project I had is not me as important as going down and praying. That's what has to be, as you say, the kind of deadline moment. So it's good. And that's a great reminder of having these, not things that you choose. Oh, I've got to pray these and all fit, fit them in, but rather you fitting into the schedule of the day from God. It just has an existential prioritization that is a good reminder to us. Otherwise, think that we get to pick out and choose how to do things. And one of the things that I loved about discovering the Liturgy of the Hours, I was taught to pray it by my high school chaplain. So 
Uh, so I've, st- I've been praying the Liturgy of the Hours more or less consistently. Yeah. Now, now very consistently Just as a, a Dominican gates, religious. A few gates but, here and there, but yeah. <laughs> but um, because I'm like concerned about my salvation and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but, we promised. <laughs> but um, as a, since, a junior, since I was a junior in high school, I've been praying this. And I found, well, why have I loved it so much throughout my life? Because I have found the Liturgy of the Hours gave me something to say in my prayer. And I never took to prayer that was oriented towards guided meditation, mm-hmm. like the kind of Ignatian thing as I've experienced it never, it just never really did anything for me. Uh, so, so finding that the church had words to say, you know, an actual pattern and actual structure of prayer was for me totally liberating um, because the Liturgy of the Hours, as I've found it, is a kind of guide. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of a guide because of the power of the Psalms. Yeah, I was going to say, but you, some people might say, well, what, what are these words here? And we could say, well, they're, they're divine words. Some of us would even, you know, if, if you believe... I think they're this, inspired. <laughs> if you believe the scriptures are inspired, dear listeners, then uh, these are divine prayers because the liturgy hours are largely made up with uh, the Psalms going through the, the Psalter. It used to be in one week you would get through the entire Psalter, 150 Psalms uh, in one week. Now it's over four weeks. But the idea, the important part is that each one of these hours has more or less Psalms in it that you're praying... And then it has usually some, what are called canticles, some New Testament songs, so Son of Mary or Son of Simeon, these things. But the main, you could say the meat and potatoes of the meal that is the any particular liturgy hours are the Psalms. Uh, and in that way, you are praying in the way that God told us how to pray. If you think of the Our Father as Jesus giving the very explicit, which we use at the more at two of the important hours of the day, the very explicit way to pray, this is how you are to pray. In some ways, he could say, if someone said, that's great, but what do I do when I'm not praying to our Father? You can imagine Jesus saying, well, that's what the Psalter is for. Because this was the Jewish, <laughs> right, these are the right, Jewish-inspired prayers. Right. And they're, they're absolutely gorgeous. And we don't, we don't get to see them in this way a lot, because for most of us, at least, we experience the psalm, psalms as responsorial psalms between smashed between two readings and even like when the musical interlude even when you're paying attention to them i find you're actually really trying to make sure if you remember the the line you're supposed to do so the cantor is actually singing most of the psalm and the line the responsorial the part you're doing sometimes that's from the psalm sometimes it's not but your main job is trying to remember what that thing was so you almost it's funny how the psalms are the inspired prayers of the of the church and yet you almost never actually pray them, even if you might be praying around them. And Liturgy right, Hours picks right. that up. Right, yeah, right. that's right. Um, so the, you know, uh, it could be very overwhelming, though, because there are 150 of the Psalms, right, and despite them being, you know, an, an incredible avenue for prayer, um, religious had to, had to figure this out. So in the tradition of the church, only choir religious, monks and nuns, would have been praying this prayer. And even... Even if you were living in a monastic community, you wouldn't necessarily have been a choir mm-hmm. religious, right? Like the, the vast majority of religious in the Middle Ages, for example, were, were still illiterate. The vast majority of people were, so they weren't joining in these sung prayers. Uh, they would join. They would join in with the spirit of prayer, however, with something like dun da 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 the Rosary, mm, yeah. right? Which originally, before John Paul II added the luminous mysteries, it's incredibly coincidental. It has <laughs> 150 beads. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is amazing. So, so well, who would have thought? There's a little connection here between yeah. the Rosary, which was called mm-hmm. the Lay Psalter, yes. uh, or the Virgin Mary Psalter, uh, with the idea being that that this kind of repeated prayer, uh, this opens up opens up opportunities for for meditation for contemplation in a in a way that's accessible so i think that i think that the importance of seeing how the church responded to the way that the liturgy of the hours was once very inaccessible 
uh, with uh, with an adaptation like the rosary is key because sometimes lay, lay people will have an experience of prayer but come to our Dominican House of Studies, for example, we hear this often. Um, it's very, it's very beautiful. I, I love when I hear it. People will be very moved by our prayer. You know, they'll, they'll pray with us in our chapel. They'll join us for our for our chanted liturgy of the hours, or as we often call it, the divine office. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I, kinda, I I like that that name for it too. And um, and then they'll go back home filled with enthusiasm, filled with the graces uh, of that moment, and they'll say, "Okay, I'm going to pray this alone in my room." And then they become very dispirited when it doesn't work. Yeah. So if a layperson were to oh, yeah. were to pick this up, you know, were to have an experience like that, where they say, "Okay, I I really love the liturgy of the hours." What? what well, how do you walk them through this? What I was thinking, you know, analogy I suppose is every I was I, you know I played tennis growing up, um, or I I was on a I would be on a court sometimes and hit a ball once over a net once in a while. It's probably better than playing tennis, but um, every summer U.S. Open would be on TV. And um, for so that the U.S. Open play for a week or two, and then about oh I don't know the next three weeks or something, it was hard to find court time. I would go and it all they'd always be busy, uh, and thankfully that would only last about three weeks because people would have realized that 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 the people on TV are professionals. That you don't just pick up a racket. And anyone's, anyone's ever played tennis? That's a high. It's a bit like golf. You have to practice a lot to be able to actually enjoy minimally the game, let alone do well in it. Um, it's just not easy to do that. So luckily they would fall off. And it's, I think it's similar with, um, if you come to if you, literally the hours of the house of studies or in the monastic community and you see this and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so easy. They're just singing back and forth and chanting and it's beautiful and the Psalms and oh, the graces. And then you go home and we're not professional prayers, but we're at least high amateurs, you know, <laughs> we don't get money for this per se. We take donations, but, but we do have, a, we, we have practice I mean, both father Patrick and I were, we, you know, we were novitiate obviously oh, together man. and there, and the thing you remember about novitiate is, is the choir practice all the time. Uh, and it's not just about how to sing. It's not just about being able to carry a pitch and know the tones but also the rhythms of saying the psalms together, all these things that are just connatural now, you had to get used to and you had to listen to someone else. You had to sit next to the other choir brothers and pay attention. So that's to say the, the Liturgy of the Hours, just on its mechanics, is complicated, let alone if you get yourself the, bre- the breviary, the book itself. It is, I still get lost occasionally <laughs> about what... Yeah. Whether on the midday of a memorial, I'm supposed yeah, to take the true. reading from this. If I'm by myself, thankfully, if there's another people, a few other people around, we're gonna kind of sort it. You, see, you know, look, like looking over off the book of the guy next to it's you. It's really like, oh, what yeah. page are you on, Father? Yeah. <laughs> so it's really complicated. So a good thing is to, as well as well things, uh, the zeal is is good. For the liturgy hours, playing the psalms, absolutely beautiful. But finding, uh, shall we say, an easy way in. So building your way up to something more significant, but being realistic about yourself, um, that there, is, there are lots of things between the rosary, on the one hand, and the full divine office, liturgy hours, on the other hand. There's plenty of things, and it's not like you get to do either this or this, and there's nothing between that's valuable. And there's lots of resources out there um, for assisting you in praying something like the liturgy of the hours, or even joining in with just one or two of the hours. I recently went on a Magnificat pilgrimage with my parents mm-hmm. to one of my favorite places, Lourdes, and my favorite city, Paris. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pilgrimage was fantastic because the 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 frame of the pilgrimage was to enter into the liturgy of the hours through the through the version of the prayer that's offered by Magnificat. 
Right. So the Second Vatican Council, you know, knew, recognized this disparity. Okay, we, we've got lay people uh, who want to pray, and they can now read. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's 1960. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Uh, so how do we create a version of the Liturgy of the Hours that they can that they can really incorporate in their lives? So the Council said that this should be done. Mm-hmm. And I think the best version of it is mm-hmm. Magnificat, which offers a, a kind of morning prayer, which has some some of the anchors that that we would recognize from morning prayers, the way that we pray it, but it's a little bit shorter. Um, and it's so accessible. It's so navigable in the book. So, so I think some people think of Magnificat yeah, yeah. and they immediately think, well, oh, the mass, the mass readings, you know, and I, I like looking at the mass readings and the other reflections of the book. Okay. Well, it also has this, a version of the liturgy of the hours, which is so, and I so think people, powerful. You no, know, I, and I think people skip over this in the Magnificat. I mean, it's, it's just that this is, they think this is a mass booklet only, but actually, it's more—it's much more than that. It really is a daily prayer booklet, you know. And people treat, of yeah, course, absolutely. of course, the mass is the—is you could say the main point. Just like for us, the conventional mass, our daily mass, is the source and summit of our of our our life, right? But around that, supporting that, relating to that, are these liturgy hours. And with Magnificat, um, even though they're only like two or three pages, you could say the morning prayer and the evening prayer, which are are the two most important. Uh, of those prayers, the hinge prayers, you could say, of the Liturgy of the Hours, morning and evening prayer, with Mass somewhere between them or something. Um, those They're both in there. And so with the Magnificat, you have in that thing, which you probably have one to show or something, you could, you have... <laughs> they're not it, paying us for this. So, yeah, this you know? is, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, know, no we, we know these people. Here. It's not, exactly. Um, but we, the Magnificat is is a daily prayer thing. And not, and I think people, again, think too lightly of those, the morning evening prayer, they think, oh, they're just there to fill, it's a page filler. No, no, it is this explicit how to lay people join in with the Psalms and the canticles. So the back of the Magnificat has the major canticles, the songs that you sit from the New Testament that are added to the Old Testament Psalms. So it really is a mini uh, divine office in that thing. And it's, it's very accessible. It's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But I think you're right to see it, to see it as this mini divine office christian prayer booklet um and and if you just pray that through each of the day you're joining in with you're saying the same prayers the same prayers that the monks are and are but usually in an accessible in a way that's a little more accessible um to people if you want to step up a bit and you can add a few more psalms like do the morning evening prayer something but i think it's wise to start with something you can do and then build from there otherwise it's otherwise it's just like a, a new year's resolution where you start too high, you'll just right, you'll fail, right. and you'll, then you'll be right. disappointed, right. and you'll have missed out on the absolute graces of praying the right. Psalms and right. praying along with the church, because the important part is liturgy of the hours, praying at specific hours during the day that God dictates and kind of orders you to. That's You have right. an appointment That's with right. him, not like you show up whenever. He's happy to talk to you whenever, but it's nice to make appointments with him and keep them. I was very surprised when um, Sister Gaudia Skas, our, our mutual mm-hmm. friend who's a sister of Our Lady Mercy, uh, I was very surprised when she explained to me that the devotion to the hour of mercy was not to say the chaplet at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that's what it was, to say the chaplet that St. Faustina received. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, take that and pray the Divine yeah. Mercy chaplet at 3 p.m. every day. But it's not. Mm-hmm. It's actually to just pause at the 3 p.m. hour and enter into a moment of prayer, particularly of gratitude for God's mercy, because the 3 p.m. hour is the hour of the redemption. Uh, and I was really struck by that because mm-hmm. I, you know, here, here I was, I'd, I'd misunderstood the devotion, you know, the, the whole time, the, like yeah. what, what the sisters were fundamentally encouraging people to do, which is to, to preserve this moment, hour. Uh, mm-hmm. this hour. 
And I think that I think that that's the key. It's it's not um, it's not necessarily about what we do. I mean, it is for us because we have religious fast, yeah. <laughs> but it's not necessarily about what Catholics do. But it's that they are doing something mm-hmm. to reclaim this time throughout the day. And as you're saying, morning and evening prayer, totally, the, you know, the hinges of the day, really the fundamentals. Yeah. Another nice one is um, for us Dominicans, especially. If you listen to this podcast, you probably have some affection for Dominican Dominican things. Uh, the night prayer, Compline, you'll hear it sometimes called, uh, but night prayer, the last oh, prayer the of the best. day, is our best. If you've heard us, and you can probably, I'm sure you can find this online, but if, you, if you've been with us, join us. We do this on the retreats as well. We let, in the retreats, people get a chance to enter into this a little bit um, with us. Uh, but night prayer is the prayer that's most fully developed for Dominicans. Our chants and our songs in there are the most elaborate because it was the only prayer time that you had to Everyone was going to be the at. boys are all home, yeah. Because uh, back in the day, now we're we're it's quicker. We have cars, so we don't have to travel. You know, we can we can be there for most of the offices. But back in the day, if you were out preaching during the day, wandering around, you had to go back to somewhere to sleep. And so, at you went you went to the priories after the day of preaching or traveling from one priory to the other. You would always pray together uh, the Compline. So that's our most developed prayer. And Magnificat even has little versions of this, uh, particularly. But to pray at the end of the day, a psalm or particularly the Canticle of Simeon that we pray all the time. That's, that's a nice way to stop. Some people do the general examine, of course, and we do a little, you know, a short little confession, uh, which is important, thinking about the day and asking for forgiveness. But then a psalm and then the canticle, it's just a great way to, to end the day too. So for Dominican plug, obviously morning, evening prayer, really great and easier to do. Nighttime might not be as easy, but, but for a Dominican, Compline is the most important <laughs> office for us in a sense. It's the one where we feel most at home, and there's something beautiful about it. 10 out of 10 agree. Any last thoughts on the Liturgy of the Hours I as think, we wrap up here? No, I think it, with all things, the important part is consistency. Um, to, so to know that it might be, to give it a try, odd experimentum to say, oh, sure, I'll, I'm gonna add this a little bit, especially during Advent, Advent. again. It's a great time, because any, anyone can do anything for 40 days. It's like how you break a habit and how you pick up one. So you could say, this Advent, I'm just going to pray a um, the morning prayer and evening prayer, or just morning prayer, Pick something and stick to it. Don't say I'm going to pray the whole office, but just start with something and enter into the Psalms and the prayer of the day, but in the sense that you're keeping an appointment with God, that your day is structured by Him, not He by you. Fantastic. Well, just to repeat our announcements from the top of the episode, uh, if you're able to donate to support our retreat program, we, we would really be grateful, so please consider making a donation to offset the costs of our retreat efforts. If you're going to be at Seek in St. Louis, look for us. Stop by, see the friars. We love meeting. We love meeting our listeners. Otherwise, uh, sign up for a fruitful Advent at mydailyvisitor.com, and you can listen to uh, my little Advent daily Advent reflections. Father Bonaventure, I think uh, it's going to be a quick uh, a quick disciple of this. Maybe we'll get all the student brothers to sign up for it. Probably. Oh, not. There you go. <laughs> but uh, all that said, thanks to uh, thanks to all who support the show. Uh, please be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consider giving us a review. We really appreciate the reviews. A five-star review goes a long way to helping people discover the show and to finding out um, exactly what our content's like. So when you write a review, particularly, um, that, that really helps people. So if you say, I like this show, take a moment and give us a good written review. Otherwise, as we enter into this Advent season, know of our prayers for you, and we ask that you would pray for us. God bless.